The Strange Case of Pseudo-Romeo, a passage taken from Andy Nowicki's Ruminations of a Low-Status Male, Volume 3, on Being Unwanted, now available on Kindle or paperback. The Strange Case of Pseudo-Romeo There is a certain boy I remember from my youth. As an adolescent, he was a slight, gawky lad with a wide mouth and incongruously beady eyes. Unfortunate-looking though he was, he wasn't of a resentful frame of mind. Nothing in him seemed inclined towards viewing life in such a light. Instead, quite oblivious to his miserable social state, or in any case utterly unmindful thereof, he relentlessly projected an attitude of thoroughgoing optimism. What was more, he was an inveterate and rather pesky romantic, much after the fashion of Looney Tunes mainstay Pepe Le Pew. A would-be Romeo, absent the charisma or the charm, he was never without a Juliet, even if she only belonged to him in his fantasy world. But none of this would have been terribly striking, had he not also shown a marked preference for pretty popular girls, the sort for whom he was nothing but a nuisance, at best. He wrote them love poetry and fawned over them, constantly, and always seemed to take their inevitable rejections in stride. I suppose there was something admirable about his absence of inhibition, even if it was more an indication of reckless heedlessness than of manful fortitude in the face of never-ending humiliation. Still, the result was the same. This wide-mouthed, beady-eyed pseudo-Romeo always avoided getting slapped by reality. Indeed, even if one of his bevy of chosen populate Juliets had actually slapped him, he would have found it no more disheartening than when the feline object of Pepe Le Pew's ardor slapped that stinky would-be wooer in the maw, and he responded, Ah, mon chéri, oui, oui, love can hurt, yes, but yet we still love, no? Before smothering her anew with a series of unwanted, skunky kisses. Of course, the boy in question wasn't nearly as rapishly aggressive or space-invasive as Monsieur Lapieu. But he proved to be equally unflappable. Yet in spite of his talent to ignore the ignominy of embarrassment, this unflappable lad was nevertheless castigated, and to my mind, even in retrospect, quite rightly so, for his proclivity to fling himself at popular girls and rhapsodize their beauty in verse. His fellow low-status males found him clownish and contemptible. However, for reasons that none of us could exactly articulate at the time. But now it's plainly apparent that the boy simply lacked pride. Indeed, he struck us, though again we didn't know how to put it back then, as shameless. For we self-respecting low-status men knew then what we still know now, that beauty is the bait intended to lure us into self-betrayal and self-debasement. The low-status self-respecter is cunning and astute, quite aware of the desire within him to be wanted, discussed at the beginning of this volume. He has nevertheless opted to go without. He knows that going without will, of course, necessarily result in a feeling of a paucity or lack. Still, he accepts this lack in his life, since the alternative, as far as he can tell, 
can only be something still worse. It would be interesting to know what has become of my classmate, the pseudo-Romeo discussed above. Did he maintain his unflappability into adulthood? Was he ever persuaded to lower his standards and compose verse for a slightly homelier species of woman? If so, did he maybe finally succeed in his relentless wooing efforts and actually land himself a girlfriend? If so, did he afterwards find that the thrill of the quest perhaps failed to be commensurate with the glory of the supposed achievement? Did he ever wake up in the night next to his slightly homelier girlfriend-come-wife, now grown conspicuously homelier, fatter, and more sullen, and suddenly realize with a horrified shudder that all of his years of ardent white nighting had only won him a remaining lifetime of humdrum misery and quiet desperation? that the female species he had revered as angelic turned out in the end to be quite human after all, and, in his case anyhow, considerably less interested in his own well-being and happiness than the inverse. Or, as somehow seems more likely, did our pseudo-Romeo sadly never fully discover the folly of his ways? Did enlightenment concerning the egregious error of his simpish, Female beauty-praising proclivities only linger fitfully in his subconscious on a few occasions before always ultimately dissipating into the ether. <laughs>